0: Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read me romance, read, read me romance. Velvet Cruelty by Eve Dangerfield Once upon a time, I was promised to a powerful man. I know my duty, but on my wedding day, I'm stolen by four men men who loathe my fiancé. They're going to use me to fulfill their vendetta. One of them only wants my body. One of them wants me as his wife. Another one offers freedom at a price. And the last one wants me dead. I was raised to be a good society wife. Now I'm facing a battle of wits and breathless desire. My only hope is to set aside my innocence or learn to use it as a weapon. Author's Notes. Velvet Cruelty is a scorching romance between a woman and four beautifully dangerous men in which she has never had to choose. Read at your own discretion. That's Velvet Cruelty by Eve Dangerfield. Get it now. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome to a brand new week here at Read Me Romance. We have Christina Allen, and she has brought us a very dirty book called Forbidden Education. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. This looks great. Um, Christina, we met like a really long time ago. She was a big reader. She still is a big reader in the romance community. I I think I might have been at one of her first signings. And it was like a really cool moment to see that, to see a a reader, like a really avid reader turn author. Like that was such a cool thing. And like, it's just awesome to see her flourish and like to see all her amazing books. And I love her so much because she loves audio as much as I do like everything she does she's like I'm getting this in audio this is coming out in audio at this point point." and I'm like yes yes with the audios thank you I need it so we're gonna talk about her this is and a, it's gonna what? be a
1: student teacher one right
0: yeah mm-hmm. I think uh-huh. so yeah you know
1: when you said when you said the title of that name uh-huh. I had a flashback and I tried to pull it up on my phone real but
0: uh-huh.
1: what was that book you wrote veiled innocence oh
0: yeah by ella frank
1: i think before and she used to write female male
0: now that she does... veiled innocence i think it's veiled innocence yeah i think that's it is it i tried to pull i don't know why that book
1: just came flooding Shit, to my I'm head have...
0: i know that's a good one because that was a great student teacher one hold on i, I was so, i don't know when you said it yeah, was veiled like... innocence by ella frank it's on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it, yeah, it It's a audio
1: read. Yeah. It is an audio.
0: Mm-hmm. It okay, is. I'll link I that in the show
1: it. notes because I remember that being very good, but it was like the teacher, mm-hmm. I mean, the student pursuing the teacher.
0: Yeah. It was the girl. She was the student and he was the teacher and he kept saying like, no, no, we can't do this. And it was like, she would not leave it alone. And it was so hot. And there's like a really good twist to it too. It's got a great ending that you don't kind of don't see coming. So I remember reading it and just loving it. So I'm I
1: remember. love when that random book, and that's like, what, it's got to be like five, six years Oh my years God,
0: old. I don't even know. Shit, it probably is so freaking old. I wonder if it'll have like the original date. It's got this, I think it's got the original cover still. Uh, 2014. So yeah. yeah, I purchased it April 8th, 2014. <laughs> it came out so April 6th. <laughs> so from like eight years
1: yeah, ago, funny. that book popped mm-hmm. back. That's how you know a book.
0: Yeah, it's sticks. with you, man. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a series that I read a long time ago, and it's by Jamie Alden. Do you remember her? J-A-M-I Alden. She had a trilogy. It was called the Gemini Brothers or something. And it was like these three brothers. It was a trilogy. Mm -hmm. And they were like security or something. And I remember reading those books and just loving them but they're probably just like regular contemporary romances but at the time when I read them I had never read a book like that before so maybe that's why this one sticks so much because at the time when I read it I had never read a student teacher where the student pursued so heavily you know
1: you know what is also interesting though is going back like Mm -hmm. I remember loving a book
0: Mm -hmm. by
1: like Mm -hmm. um Shannon McKenna, she's a huge romance author. yeah like if you're mm-hmm. old school, you would know she is. Yeah. Um, free and I went back and read like her first book again cuz he was like stalked her and shit. And I wow. listened to the audio and I was like, "When did I ever like this motherfucker?" <laughs> And that was like nine, ten years ago. It's so crazy how much your taste changes when you go back mm-hmm. to read some of these books. I'm like, fuck this motherfucker. So
0: I just, I just pulled this one up. It's called The Gemini Men. It's book one is called Caught. It's only an audible and paperback. It's not even an ebook. How old is this fucking book?
1: I have a book that I did that too that I wanted to I'm only in paperback. I have got it to take with me on the trip. It's like over here.
0: Oh my God. Somewhere. That's amazing. She does have ebooks. So maybe it's just been redone or something like that. So, but I just it's remember a TV title. Oh my God. I need somebody to go back and reread these and tell me if they're good because I kind of want to read them again, but I don't want to be disappointed. I kind of just want to leave it in that memory, you know? You like know that who doesn't like, disappoint good. when I reread? My banks. No. Well, what? Yeah. Well, of um, course,
1: Lauren Donner.
0: <laughs> yes, hundred percent, Lauren Donner. I, any minute you can go. Maybe, back maybe there's it there's can't there's
1: disappoint because I memorized every word. <laughs> I was gonna say
0: because you know the know. book by heart because you have read it so many times. It's funny too. I've gone back and so I read this crime series and I think I talked about it like when I the the newest one came out not long ago, and uh, it was like twelve hundred pages or something. I went. actually took I have the audios and I went back to the beginning and I started um listening to them again and it had been there's so few released that Mm -hmm. like I remember I I didn't remember who did it (laughs) like when I went back and reread the book because the books are so I mean these the first one or the one I just finished was like book three and I think it was like 35 hours or something Mm -hmm. was the audio I mean that's that's incredible incredibly long yeah. so so much happens in the book that I was like uh, you know I kept thinking it was somebody else and I'm like oh okay that's what happens I like, guess you know I was like oh shit that's not it you know and because it had been so long since I read it but the the books are so good so it's like sometimes it is fun to go back and reread it those is. you know I was telling somebody totally off topic because it wasn't a
1: book that mm-hmm. I watched Sister Wives, and mm-hmm. I watched it all the way through the first time, and it can be very repetitive, mm-hmm. and I said, it was very interesting to get to the end of where they are now. Mm-hmm. And go back to the start, even though I just watched it. It was only like two months since I watched it. Yeah. And re-watch again.
0: Because it's all still fresh, you think? Like the because, ending?
1: Because I know where this the plot is going. So now yeah, that I know yeah. where the relationship is going, because it's reality. Mm-hmm. And they're really happening. And I can go back. You see. You're like, There.
0: There. That's where it happened.
1: That's yeah. It. That, mm-hmm. that, like you start to notice things. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit. Like, you, you, it's like, how did I miss that mm-hmm. the first time around? How did I miss that comment? How did I, the, with the way things people say, mm-hmm. things they don't even realize that they're projecting into the future almost?
0: Or- I was going to say, how, I just wonder sometimes like people like sister wives or their Kardashians where you have the ability to one click your past and watch it. I would, I would be so curious to watch my past life, you know, like my, my past self from like, I'd be, I wouldn't want anybody to see it. I would cringe the whole time, but watching it on that scale, I wonder if you could go back and be like, that's the moment I made that decision. That's the moment that this happened. And then this thing happened. You know what I mean? So crazy
1: that you say that because today I had therapy Mm -hmm. and we were talking about, you know, five or six years, five years ago, Mm -hmm. I decided to stop drinking because I went through a dark thing and her Mm -hmm. and I were debating if I was an alcoholic or Mm -hmm. I was an abuser of alcohol. Okay. And so we're going through this whole progression of things and I don't crave alcohol. I've never been like a person that seeks it out or has that daily need or for whatever it is. And um, she said to me, she was like two or three years ago. She was like, you were sober technically. Mm -hmm. And she says, but she's like, I don't know how you made it this long. She was like, you were sober and you thought you were in a great place. And you were, and she's like, you really lasted a long time. Before you hit technically what, if you would have been an addict, probably a relapse, Mm -hmm. you hit the depression wall and you exploded, Mm -hmm. but you went and you got therapy and Mm -hmm. you went to a psychiatrist and you got medicated and you really started working the process. Mm -hmm. And I realized when I looked back, when me and her were talking about it and she's, I was like, I did, I thought I was somebody else two years ago Mm -hmm. like I thought two years ago I was in a healthy space like that was good I was fine Mm -hmm. but then to be pulled out of it and then project into the Mm -hmm. future into a medicated therapeutic Mm -hmm. world it's like okay I wasn't
0: yeah, yeah. It's
1: really weird. And to think back those glimpses and to see what it would be like to look back to see what mm-hmm. the behavior would be and my responses to things. To so now to being how you react to things that happen around you, Just you know, an um,
0: interesting thought. I wonder that too, especially with like you say, with going back and looking at like how you, you know, if you abused alcohol or, or whichever it was, or if it was more of just a coping mechanism, Yeah, that's you know, what she because said. of that. Yeah. She said,
1: what you did was you realized that this mm-hmm. helped with your anxiety. So yeah. that's what you used it for. You masked it for your depression, mm-hmm. but then you pulled it out of your life and you started working out and it was gone from your life but you just powered through working and doing this and trying to keep yourself very busy, mm-hmm. but you still never dealt with that darkness that's inside you. That's still simmering that you the alcohol can muddy up or whatever. You just let it set down there and eventually it's going to rise back up. Something's going to trigger it
0: mm-hmm. and whatever
1: triggers it, Like she said, she said it generally would have been a relapse.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But for you, you were like, no, that's not what works. Mm -hmm. And you went and you got different types of help. Yeah. It's just interesting. I thought when she said, you know, you were healthy two years ago, but you weren't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At the
1: same time.
0: So, yeah, being able to go back and see that, you know, like it would be so interesting you know, if you had your entire life filmed, you it know, to be able to go back and watch those moments where you're like, oh, no, I really was just pushing through. And I yeah, wasn't as truly I as I fully you, acknowledge as it yeah. now, too,
1: is where yeah. I'm in the spot yeah. I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I look back. I'm like, God, why did I not do something sooner? I think a lot of people live in the muck. Yeah. And they don't realize that. Yeah it's not that it's easier. I know it it sounds easier. Like easy. Isn't the right word. It's hard to ask for help. That Mm -hmm. is true. You can't just be like, you're anachronism. Go get help. It's Mm -hmm. not like that. I get that. But just seeking those tools and the change it can make in your life
0: is so huge Mm -hmm. that I don't think people realize that for sure. Yeah, it's it's strange, too. You know, I I often look back at when I started therapy, you know, about three years ago. It was three years in September. Um, You know, I look back at it and I think, like, what was my life like before that, you know, like and how much different I feel now? You know, I was even talking with my my brother and sister about it earlier because we're all in therapy because it's great. And I think everybody should do it. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and so, you know, we were talking about it and, um, my brother, like, you know, he was saying like, oh, I do this, you know, because of this or whatnot. And I was like, you know, I really struggled with self-worth. That was a lot of what I, I had a hard time with because I said, Going through my stuff, I didn't ever realize that that's what I was doing. Oh, your inner
1: monologue. Yeah. Torturing yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't
0: realize it until she was like, hey, let's uh, figure out why you use that language when you talk about yourself. And it was like, oh, shit. Because it, you know, in my head, it's like, oh, I don't think I'm worthy unless I can provide A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And if I can't provide A, B, and C, then I have no value. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if I can't, if I'm not able to cook or, you know, take my kids to do their stuff or do the laundry or clean the house or, or do my full-time job and, you know, do all this other stuff and manage everything I need to manage. If I can't do all of those things, then I have no value, you know? So it took a lot of time to figure out, that it was so much self-sabotage, you know? It is so much Mm self-sabotage. That's one
1: of the things I've been working on the biggest is my therapist being like, so what if you don't write today? What's the worst that's going to happen?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what if you're like, fuck it? Yeah. What, what will happen? The world will not end. The world will not end. <laughs> and
1: tomorrow you'll be bored and I bet you'll write.
0: <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> It'll
1: come back. It's just like, it like everything you think that you have to do all these things, mm-hmm. but I promise you people will figure them out for themselves and they will start to do them. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so true. Bina. You know, that's what I just think therapy in general is a fantastic thing, but you know, to sort of lean into this, we were discussing this before the podcast. And I said, let's talk about it on there because you had said about your relationship with your parents, like how close you are with them. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're equally close to both of them. Like you have no, a great Okay, relationship.
1: no, I I think that I love my parents equally a hundred percent. There are moments in time within like I'm not years, like within months, mm-hmm. that I spend more time with one parent than another. Mm-hmm. Right now I've been spending a lot of time with my father because we've been doing a lot of um gun training and mm-hmm. self-defense training stuff. Mm-hmm. We do that every Tuesday and go to lunch or whatever. But I was talking with a friend, I said, you know, it's so interesting that I feel I the love for my parents is equal. I said, but Mm -hmm. for some reason, and I realize I do it and I hate that I do it. And I try to stop myself from doing it Mm -hmm. because even though my dad is a white, successful man, he is a wonderful father. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, if something comes up between my mom and my dad, I'm very quick to jump to my mother's defense. Mm -hmm. Like it is just knee jerk out of my mouth immediately.
0: You know, when you said that originally, and I, I really, my initial thought when you said that was like, it's not that your mom can't hold her own. I almost feel like it's harder for her to be heard, think. you know, in that situation. Cause I feel like your dad has such a big personality and it's wonderful. Like, I feel like. In a, in a group, he takes up space, you know?
1: Oh, like, yeah. Oh, like he's super he's, charismatic. Yeah, he
0: is. And he's got, like, this energy about him. And you're a mom, although really sharp and always, yeah. she, she pays attention to every detail. I mean, so I almost feel like, though, she's not as loud as him. Not that your dad's loud, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. she's not going to ever over-talk him. So yeah. she would just rather not talk. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this.
1: My dad, when my dad talks, I listen. Mm -hmm. My mom is more quieter like me. Not as quiet as me. But when my mom talks or she has something to say about something, I really listen. Yeah. If she has something to say to me, if she pulls me to the side, I'm like, okay, this is serious. What's going on? She's really telling me something. Maybe that's
0: what it is where it's like maybe you feel like she's not being heard, which is why you go to her defense, you know? Yeah, because you know what she's going to say is important.
1: And I just, I was just like, and I thought about how devastating. I was like, even if I lost one of my parents, I feel like it would be harder to lose my mother. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Is that I was that a woman kinship? And which is so weird because, like I said, I'm so close to my dad. We hang out all the time. My dad Mm -hmm. is the first person I call for Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. I've had three stints. I've had to run to the emergency phone call of emergency where I had to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Who would I call my dad? Mm-hmm. Anytime something goes wrong in my life, the first number I hit is my dad mm-hmm. immediately.
0: I love that.
1: But isn't that weird? <laughs> no,
0: no I, don't, I wonder too, if it's like, you can't fathom a world without him, you know, because it's like, it's, it, not that it's easier to think about losing your mom, but the world doesn't exist without your dad. So that's not a possibility, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, maybe that's yeah. why it hurts more to think about losing her. Yeah. Because that reality can happen where it's like with your dad, it's like, oh, he's never going to die. You know what I mean? Where it's like, that's what our <laughs> thoughts tell us. This crazy shit like that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I told him that? Like when I had
1: that bad depression, like three when I hit that wall Mm -hmm. and I was so upset and I was like, I can't do this without you. And he told me, it makes me choked up every time I think about it. (laughs) And and I always think he's like, I said, he said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not done with you yet. Like I'm not done making you strong enough. Mm. We're still working on it. I don't know. It always makes me tear I love him. him.
0: <laughs> He's such a good dad. He really is. He's a good dad. Uh, so um, let's see how much time we got. We, let's talk about, let's talk about Christina before we get, we'll get into right. the next episode. We'll go ahead and talk about her, all her good stuff. Now that we've had our heavy therapy episode, we'll have more lighthearted <laughs> stuff on the next one. All right, Christina, I'm going to read you her book bi- or her author bio. That's really cute. Christina lives somewhere in USA with her amazingly awesome husband. Though she works full-time, blogs, and reads like a maniac, she still manages to find time to write all of her crazy stories. Her hobbies include baking, skydiving, karaoke, and general mischief. The list of her favorite authors is endless, so rather than singling out anyone in particular, she'll just mention her number one go-to cookie is oatmeal raisin. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? That's brave of her because that's controversial. Okay. <laughs> that's brave. <gasps> well, Let me wait. tell you guys something. Yeah. So my husband
1: comes to because why we're talking about cookies, okay. He was like, I didn't realize that the peanut butter um pumpkin things were such a craze until there was a huge fight about it on Facebook or yes. whatever. <laughs> and he like he didn't know. And I think we voted on it uh-huh. in the group once yeah. and it came uh-huh. up really high. Yeah. Listen to this, guys. They have a new one, and you know who it's for? What? Butterfinger. Ooh, it's like a pumpkin flavored or pumpkin no, shaped. No, the Reese's one isn't pumpkin flavored. No, I mean it's pumpkin shaped. Yes.
0: Okay, so it's a pumpkin shaped. Ooh. So it's fuck like they
1: I'm yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet. I just got Ooh. it, but it is the same style uh-huh. as the pumpkin. One. Oh, I'm gonna
0: need a report on In- that.
1: Like Butterfinger one. I want
0: to know what the chocolate to Butterfinger ratio is because sometimes I want a little more chocolate than the, that's why I like the Butterfinger minis. Mm -hmm. Those are the best because I feel like there's more, the chocolate ratio is higher in the mini than in the full size. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to need to know. Okay. We're going to need a, we're going to need an update on that. Um, Christina wanted us to mention that the book you're about to listen to, Forbidden Education, is a prequel into her sexy romantic series. Um, there, she said there's slight, like, tiny spoilers in the book you're about to listen to. She said, but it's nothing huge. It's like, okay, obviously everybody gets a happily ever after. So, um, she has her newest release, which is Twisted Origin. So make sure we check that out. And she is also giving away an audiobook this week to any of her series, which I thought was so, that was so smart. Like, I don't know if we've done audiobook giveaways before, but yeah. like, it's kind of like, duh, yeah. <laughs> like why haven't we done more of that? So I'll read you the book bio for the book you're about to listen to. So Forbidden Education, um, like I said, She has all of this. Um, We'll have everything in the show notes and we'll have a a link to her website and all that good stuff, mostly because she spells her name um, a little different. It's K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A for Christina and then Allen, A-L-L-Y-N. So like I said, if you want to find it, just make sure you click in the show notes and you can see everything. So Forbidden Education, a sexy romantic series short story. So the series, like I said, this is in, is called the Sexy Romantic Series. Jared and Cooper thought they knew everything about pleasing a woman, but a chance encounter with their former teacher opened their eyes to more. A pact was made between the three of them, and by the end of the night, their teacher will give them a lesson they'll never forget. Please note, this short story contains some original series spoilers, but I made it, but I made up for it with extra seamy scenes. So make sure you check that out and all of her other good stuff. And, um, yeah, she has signed paperbacks on her website too. I did want to mention that. So if you love this and you want signed copies of it, make sure you go to her website again in the show notes. All right, Let's
1: send them in. Let's do it. See you guys on the other side.
2: This. Is Forbidden Education A Sexy Romantic Series Prequel By Christina Allen Narrated by James R. Cheatham Prologue Two Drink Minimum Jared This one is on the house for the fathers-to-be. The bartender hands me Josh and Oliver, a shot of whiskey. I scowl at him. Josh glares, and Oliver grins like a lunatic, saluting our patron. He's excited to have his first child with Carrie. While Josh and I know better, it's not as if we don't love our wives and future newborns, it's just that we are exhausted. My triplets turn 14 this year while the other two are ten and twelve. Josh has his hands full with three, and the youngest has the energy of a basketball team. If only my vasectomy kept... I sigh at the inner thought. If Marla and I can handle five, I'm confident we'll be able to manage six. So, what are you hoping for? The question comes from Oliver. We and by we, I mean all the women, decided to keep the baby's sex a mystery until delivery. A healthy baby, of course. Oliver eyes me skeptically, and I easily crack under his scrutiny. I swear I'm losing my touch. Fine, a boy. Mike needs a baby brother, and I'd like another ally. Living with five women is hard. Hell, you're lucky you had one on your first try. Oliver discovered he had a son over a year ago. At the time, it created a big mess with his fiance, Carrie. But eventually, it all worked out. Josh signals the bartender for another shot. As long as mine isn't anything like Gabe, I'm fine with whatever. Though, Nora wants a baby sister. Well, thankfully, we have another month before they're all due, I say, doubting the shot. Seriously, Josh agrees. Come on, guys. Our women gave us a child-free night, and this is how you act? Where's the debauchery I've heard about? We're too old for that shit. And honestly, I check my watch, I was hoping to be done here by nine. Ugh, you guys are so boring. No, our partying days are over. I never thought I'd hear those words from you, of all people, Jared Carrington. I stiffen at the sound of the feminine voice. A myriad of old memories slams into me as I turn my head to the side and glance at Josh. He appears to be having a similar reaction. Then, as if we've both planned it, Josh and I slowly turn around and catch sight of the woman in question, Talia Baldwin. Though she's older, her brown skin remains flawless and her body is still curvy. She appears as if she hasn't aged a day since the last time we saw her. What's the matter, boys? You look like you've seen a ghost. She smiles. Give me a few to freshen up and make a call. I'll catch up with you two in a moment. She heads in the direction of the restroom, the smell of her perfume still lingering in the air. My thoughts go back to that crazy spring break weekend where I learned much about my desires thanks to her. Chapter 1 Teach Me Your Ways Cooper Spring Break, Junior Year of College. Cheer the fuck up, Josh! Jared yells, using my former name. I had changed it after my accident in an attempt to reinvent myself. After the plastic surgery, I was unrecognizable, so, in my mind, the identity adjustment made sense. I glare at him for the slip, and he holds his hands up in retreat. Sorry, I mean, Cooper, cheer the fuck up. It's easy for him to say. He hasn't struck out once on our vacation. On the other hand, I can't seem to get into the groove. For the past three nights, Jared has brought home woman after woman, sealing the deal each time. Thanks to an accidental encounter with her, I'm zero for three. Now it's like my brain has reverted to junior year of high school and I'm that nerdy kid lusting after a red-haired sophomore. Why did she have to choose Miami for her spring break too? I'm fine. I finally answer as I lean against the wall and watch Beth grind against some random guy. Jared turns his head and his gaze lands on my dream girl. Shit, still? Seriously, Cooper, it's been what, at least six years? Something like that, I mutter, glaring at her loser date. You have to forget about her. She probably doesn't even remember you. He's right. When I approached her the other day, she barely glanced in my direction. She was more interested in some shirtless loser with dimples. Honestly, I don't even think she noticed me. Whatever. The only way to wipe her from your brain is to fuck someone even hotter. Emotions to the blonde dancing on the bar wearing tight shorts. How about her? Too skinny. I like my women with curves. I hear that. I'm all about the ass, you know. I need something to hold on to while I do my thing. Yeah, I laugh. Jared is a sharer, and he's taught me everything I know about how to please a woman. He's been at the game since his early teens, and at that time, my inexperienced self was definitely in need of his guidance. Now it appears I might require that same push again, even if it's not in the direction I want it to be. Oh! Jared hits me in the chest and points to the bar table near the entrance. What about her? The woman with her back to us? But well, we don't know what she looks like. Coop, it makes the hunt more interesting. All you have to do is come up behind her, whisper sweet nothings in her ear, and then convince her to come to our room. I'll find a companion, too. I don't know. I say in a wary tone. That sounds stalkerish. What woman wants a strange man to practically rub himself against her like a dog? I've done it before, and it's foolproof. Sure it is. The sarcasm in my response would be obvious if not for the loud music surrounding us. Just do it. The worst that could happen is she says no or knee me in the balls Fine, fine. Jared waves a hand in the air. Tell you what, I'll follow close behind you, and if it looks like you're in trouble, I'll intercede. Okay. Sighing, I rub the back of my neck and pull myself together. The Cooper persona used to take me ages to put on, but now it's like a second skin. That loser, Josh, is gone and it's time for me to throw on the charm Jared helped me cultivate. Slowly, I stride toward my prey, a fresh surge of confidence enveloping me. I can't allow the setback of seeing Beth again to shatter my defenses. Maybe she'll be mine one day, or perhaps she and I were never meant to be. The mere thought of the latter nearly breaks my resolve. Shit. If the mere sight of my crush can send me reeling, now isn't the time to pursue her. So, instead, I'll go after this other woman because I'm confident she'll be a sure thing. As I get closer to my prize, I study the back of her, practically drooling at her shape. She's curvier than I've had before, but knowing I'll have more of her to hold onto turns me on even more. Her slim waist accentuates the roundness of her plump bottom. And even with the muted lighting, I can tell her medium brown skin tone has a hint of olive gold. Once I'm directly behind her, the scent of fresh-cut roses drowns out the other smells in the room. Hers is sweet, with a hint of musk, all her. I imagine myself using that same flower to encircle her nipple. Okay, where did that come from? I blink a few times, eventually clearing the errant thought. The goal is to fuck Beth out of my head, and I'll use this woman to do it. Hey, I whisper the word in her ear, and oddly, she doesn't stiffen. I considered throwing some practiced line at you, but you seem like a woman who needs honesty. Really? She says, her tone sultry. I also sense a bit of delight there, but I push it aside. She places a hand on the curve of her waist and sips her drink. What's your truth, handsome? Well, I've been watching you for the last ten minutes and I thought, there's a woman who's worth my time. She chuckles, and it sounds elegant, like I'm not worthy of her. Have you ever thought that maybe you're not worth mine? Oh, no, baby. I channel my inner Jared and place my hand on hers, caressing the soft skin. Aren't you a little forward? She sounds pleased, which surprises me. Most women would have elbowed me in the gut by now. I just know what I want. Men here are all about the easy fuck, but me? When I'm inside a woman, I prefer to connect with her on a visceral level. The second I saw you, I knew you were the one I wanted to spend time with. These other girls here? And I stressed the word girls aren't even in the same league as you. So what do you say the two of us leave this pedestrian place and head to my hotel for a little fun? But you haven't seen my face yet. What if you hate the way I look? Oh, I doubt it. There's this confidence in your stance, which clearly states you're a force to be reckoned with. Good read, Josh. She turns around and I'm rendered speechless when her eyes meet mine. You were always the smart one. She glances behind me and waves at who I'm assuming is Jared. Then the familiar woman reaches into her back pocket and hands me a room key. I'm at the Four Seasons in the penthouse. Both of you meet me there in an hour. About a second later, she turns and walks away. Close your mouth, Cooper. Jared stares at the exiting woman, but I couldn't. Never in my 21 years could I imagine my high school study hall teacher propositioning me. Chapter 2 Bro Code Jared Was that Miss Baldwin? Baldwin? I stare at the woman as she exits, shocked beyond reason. I haven't seen our study hall teacher for years, and she's more stunning than before. I only heard a small fraction of Cooper's words, and none of them were in the student-teacher zone. Yep, he continues to stare at the entryway as if she were still there. What did she give you? I glance down at Cooper's clenched fist. Her room key? I'm intrigued, but I don't say this out loud. I'm interested to see where Cooper stands. True, it's unprofessional for a teacher to proposition a former student, but we're no longer in her classroom, so it shouldn't matter. Well, I question. Well, what? Cooper turns to face me. Are you going to her place? Maybe, though she asked me to bring you too. Weird, right? And now I'm more intrigued. Cooper hasn't had any experience with more than one partner, but I've dabbled a little. I've been with two women and shared one with another man. I've never, as they say, crossed swords, and I doubt I ever will. Still, I would like to see where this goes. Not at all. Perhaps this is a chance for me to show you some new tricks. I'm pretty sure we're past the Jared how-to part in my life. Yeah, right. You still can't say boo to Beth, so on my end of things, you're still a pussy. Fuck you. Even though he glares at me, I smile, happy to have hit a nerve. Think about it. A gorgeous woman practically offers herself to you, and your go-to response is to cower in the corner and stare at your crush. Please, Cooper, you're better than that. She's not just a gorgeous woman. She's our fucking teacher. Correction, she was our teacher. Now, she's just a cougar looking to corral some young cubs. Dude, I'm not a feline. And anyway, isn't there some law against this? No, we're both over 21. So I doubt the police will be breaking down our door. I motion to the exit. Let's live dangerously tonight. It's spring break and we're supposed to do that. I study Cooper's expression as he contemplates the pros and cons of my suggestion. The second his shoulders droop, I know I've won. Sometimes I amaze myself at how easily I can talk him into shit. It's not that he's gullible. Much. It's just that he always had a singular focus. Beth. Cooper doesn't believe he's good enough for her, so he's doing everything he thinks he needs to one day be the man she desires. What Cooper doesn't realize? is she's probably already there. Since his lack of confidence keeps him from the woman of his dreams, it's up to me to step in and help. Fine, he sighs. Miss Baldwin asked us to meet her in an hour. Let's go back to our hotel and shower before heading to her place. Smart. Before we exit the nightclub, Cooper gives Beth one last longing look. As we walk down the crowded path to the Holiday Inn, Cooper is silent, as if lost in his thoughts. Then he admits something surprising. There's this other girl, Brittany. She and I are talking, but we both agreed not to be exclusive. I like her, but seeing Beth again has me questioning my relationship with her. Britt and I could be happy together if only I'd get over this stupid crush. I grab his shoulder, stopping us both in our tracks. Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this girl? I thought we were best friends. For fuck's sake, we're still best friends. Do we need to pinky swear or some shit? I scoff, and he shakes his head. Look, it's new and I prefer not to jinx the relationship. I've met Britt before, and she's a bit of a bitch. On the other hand, though, it could be what he needs. Fine, whatever. I wave a hand in the air. Then Beth is a moot point. You should focus on the current girl since she appears to be interested. Let's use tonight as a learning experience and nothing more. You never know when your girl might want to treat you to an extra person for your birthday. Are you sure you two aren't exclusive? Because I can take one for the team, if you know what I mean. I shoot him an exaggerated wink, to which he rolls his eyes. Yes, Britt can come off as bitchy to some, but she's only like that in the beginning. The girl has many layers, and one of them is not ready to be exclusive. She knows I'm on spring break and said we'd discuss it when I return. Oh, so a free pass trip. I like it. I don't. This seems more like a red flag to me. What woman would allow her almost boyfriend carte blanche to fuck the female population of Miami? If anything, she'd be on the trip with him. Instead of replying, Cooper begins walking toward a hotel. Determination on his face. I'm not sure of his thoughts, but I know Brittany won't be spoken about again. About an hour later, we head to the Four Seasons Hotel. As soon as we walk in, the burly security guard with a shaved head and scowling expression eyes us suspiciously. Yes, we look like your typical spring breaker. Cooper in his white button-down and blue cargo shorts, and me with my black polo and khaki shorts. Still, there's no need for the scrutiny. He's acting like I'm dragging a keg and having underage girls follow me to a room my wealthy parents rented. The whole setup is beneath me, and I understand his worry. A few trust fund babies have probably scarred him once or twice, so he's extra vigilant. I'm not obscenely rich, but one day I will be. So far, the most important thing I've learned is always to grease the wheels when it comes to the support staff. You never know when you might need their help. I stop abruptly, and Cooper glares at me, most likely annoyed since this is the second time of the past ten minutes. I know my friend, and he's anxious about tonight, but first... I need to deal with the small problem. Good evening, sir. I hold my hand out to the guy and shake his, understanding flashes in Cooper's eyes, and he smirks. I'm Jared. My buddy and I are guests of Ms. Baldwin. Old friends, if you will. When he releases his hand, he glances down at it, balls a fist, and returns his gaze to me. A few tense seconds later, he smiles, no doubt due to the $200 I gave him. Welcome to the Four Seasons, sirs. Allow me to walk you to the elevator. I believe Ms. Baldwin is in the penthouse. No need. We have the key. Cooper waves the key card in the air. The corner of his lips tips up. Excellent, sir. If you require anything, call the front desk and ask for me, Joseph. We'll do. It only takes a moment for the elevator to arrive, and we enter. Once he scans the card and presses the button, we're off. My thoughts trail off to a subject I've put a lot of thought into. I've never mentioned it before, but now is as good a time as any. Would you ever Consider having sex with someone in an elevator. Cooper snorts. (laughs) No, it's too exposed, and you're liable to be interrupted. You, my friend, don't have an imagination. I lean against the wall. No, I'm using my brain. He points to the ceiling. Even if no one enters the elevator by sheer luck, you still have the cameras. So, again... This isn't a practical option. Hmm, you have a point. But I'm confident I'll find a way around that obstacle. Dude, you'll need to practically own the building. Maybe one day I will. My words go on deaf ears as the doors slide open, revealing our hostess wearing a long, black, lacy robe with her skimpy lingerie peeking out. Her silver stiletto heels appear expensive, and I suspect I'd allow her to rest them on my shoulder while I skim my lips along the inside of her legs. Damn, tonight is going to be fun. Close your mouth, boys. I need your tongues moist and wet for what I have planned tonight. Chapter 3 Training. Cooper. Close your mouth, boys. I need your tongues moist and wet for what I have planned tonight. Well, fuck. I hadn't realized my mouth was open, yet here we are. But seriously, how can I not be affected by this vision of beauty? Based on Jared's silence, she has a similar power over him. It's odd. One second, my mind is consumed by the woman I'll never have, and in the next, I'm practically catatonic, merely glancing at every inch of this curvy goddess in front of me. God, I'm such an asshole. The dinging sound from the elevator shakes me from my stupor, and I exit, Jared following behind me. I lick my lips as I study her anxious to see exactly what she's hiding under her robe. Wine, beer, or something else? It's an easy question, but her sultry voice makes my dick hard, and I don't answer. Red for us, Jared answers for me. I'm irritated at first, but then I recall what he said during one of his many lessons on how not to be a loser. I read somewhere that the ingredients in red wine can increase a woman's desire, he had said. The more aroused she gets, the better the sex. Wise words from an equally intelligent friend. Excellent choice. She walks to the bar, the sheer covering parting at her sassy glide. I long to catch a full glimpse of her long legs but I'll have to live with admiring the slight outline of the curve of her ass. So, she starts with her back to us. I have certain expectations about tonight that I expect met. She opens the bottle, tops off the first glass, and moves to the next. What about you? She continues to pour, filling the final two. I glance at Jared, and he responds by inclining his head to the side as if this is my show. We'll follow your lead, Miss Baldwin. Talia, she insists, turning to face us. She leans against the bar and sips from her glass before continuing. Ms. Baldwin makes this feel illegal, and we're all consenting adults, aren't we? The teasing tone in her voice feels like a vow of pleasure. A promise that whatever she does will bring both of us to our knees. Fair point. So, how do you want to do this? Patience, Josh. Why don't you both come and grab your drinks? We can catch up before we do this, as you say. I stare at Talia for a beat, assessing her cat-like stare. Even though she's already planned our night's activities, I have some ideas of my own. His name is Cooper now. Jared corrects her. I was so busy working things out that I forgot. Which makes me wonder how you recognized him in the first place. He's had numerous surgeries to correct an injury. She shrugs. He still has the same eyes and smile. Besides, it's not hard to figure out when you two are in the same room. She plunges a finger into her glass and twirls it around. Then, she places the wet finger in her mouth and sucks. An involuntary groan passes my lips, and she smiles at my reaction. You should taste this. The flavor is orgasmic. First, Jared interrupts, we should have some ground rules. Like... Is there anything you're against us doing? She pauses for a moment and flashes a contemplative expression. Her silence continues for a few more seconds until she finally speaks. No BDSM play. A light spank here or there is fine, and I may even allow you to tie me to the bed, but for that to happen, you'll have to meet certain conditions. I work my throat, barely able to swallow as I ponder what it would be like to give her a spanking. Talia has this way about her that makes me want to get on my knees and do whatever she asks. It's strange to be immediately consumed by a woman with whom I have no emotional attachment with. But the alternative is to wallow about Beth. And that's not what tonight is about conditions if you two can make me come three times without finishing yourself you can do whatever you like that's easy jared declares my tongue is legendary in some circles really she arches a brow we'll just have to see about that finally jared and i approach I stand on her left, and him to her right. We grab our glasses of wine, and as I prepare to offer a toast, she throws in something extra. One more thing. Grinning, she bites her bottom lip. I run the show. You manage to keep yourself together while doing what I ask, and you'll be rewarded. Challenge accepted. Before I have a second to express my thoughts about her declaration, Jared clinks his glass to hers and then to mine, sealing the deal. Full disclosure, Cooper doesn't have any experience with multiple partners, but I'm certain you'll give him a crash course. Talia sets her glass on the bar and turns to me. Don't worry. I'll ensure tonight will be something you won't forget for a long time. I visibly gulp, and she chuckles. I'm such a pussy. First, let's all get more comfortable. Quickly, I down my wine and place the empty glass on the table. While I'm doing this, Dahlia walks away from us and rids herself of the sheer black robe. The moment it hits the floor, my eyes round at what she exposes. A sheer and lacy chemise covers the top half of her curvy body. It's thin material exposing everything. Since she's facing the bedroom, I can only make out a scrap of fabric nestling against the crevice of her backside. Damn. Aside from Beth, this woman has the most delectable body I've ever laid eyes on. Talia continues to elegantly glide toward what I assume is the bedroom area, but then she pauses and glances over her shoulder. Are you just going to stand there gaping, or are you ready to best my challenge? She doesn't have to ask us again, because in seconds flat, both of us remove everything except for our boxer briefs, It's a little strange being mostly naked with your best friend, but my focus on Talia's body pushes the wrongness of this situation out of my head. Jared and I have shared everything since we were teens, so what's one more thing? The moment we arrive in her bedroom, we find Talia with her arms crossed, casually leaning against the wall, studying each of us. First, her eyes scan Jared, and a smirk forms on her lips. Aren't you a big one? She inclines her head to the side. And my, oh my, you've got some girth on you. I see why you were so popular in high school. When her gaze trains on me, I feel self-conscious. I'm not nearly the same size as Jared, I mean, I'm better than average, but still small compared to him. Wonderful. Now I'm comparing our dick sizes. Not too bad, either. She licks her bottom lip. Your hands and that cock size? Mmm. Jared may be bigger than you, but sometimes a girl prefers the right fit instead of being completely stuffed especially in her mouth. Jesus Christ, she's going to kill me. So, did we pass your inspection? Jared asks, lust laced in his tone. With flying colors. One thing, though. Which one of you wants to go first?
0: welcome back hey lady listeners all right so make sure you check out her newest release twisted origins and christina allen's uh sexy romantic series that when you the book you just listened to is part of that and also make sure you enter this week's giveaway for an audiobook so do that oh and what's today's date Oh my gosh. I need to double check this when this comes out. Hold on. I need I want to double check because if it is, I want to say it. Okay. Yeah. It'll be after the date. All right. So I want to say to Alyssa, happy birthday. I'll explain on Thursday's episode. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Tell them what to do. Suck your day up. Make sure your bitch don't be a dick. Bye guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. read,